for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19 We want to thank our sponsor, Noonday Exploration. Noonday helps families by purchasing oil and gas royalties from estates. For more information, call 903-530-9352 or go to NoondayExploration.com. Well, I am so excited today because I've been waiting for this conversation for several months. I have as my guest the amazing Rabbi Neil Katz. Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to be talking about separation of church and state. And one reason this has come up, Neil, is because you're running for office, which I don't think in my lifetime I've ever known a rabbi to run for elected office here in East Texas. So you're a bit of a trendsetter. Well, I'm a trend, I, I'd like to think of myself as a trendsetter for other, for other things as well. But, uh, yeah, so rabbi, rabbis in the political sphere are um, not – it's not that it's never happened before. There have been a number of rabbis that have run for office around the country uh, and served on different parts of government. Uh, but, yeah, I think this is going to be one of the more uh, public displays of, of a rabbi running. But, you know, I was actually at a, at a meeting last night, and I was talking about this very thing with some people. Um, you know, it, it, should, it, it shouldn't be that shocking. I mean, if you look here in Tyler, just at least here, I mean, our school board has Reverend Orentia Mason, Reverend Fritz Hager, uh, uh, Marty Dunbar, who was a minister, was our was on our school board. Reverend uh, Ralph Caraway was on city council. Daryl Bowdry was on city council. All ministers, all people who have congregational work, all people who are people of God, and they also see their calling in public office as well. So it really isn't that much of a leap. It's just they haven't seen a rabbi do it before. But you know that that's that's uh, it, it, it's it, for me. It falls in the same category of uh, public service spiritual service, holy service. Um, but uh, in this particular case, you're right, it is, it is pretty rare, if unprecedented, for what I'm trying to do. Well, I'm, I think I have a technical difficulty in the background, so if you hear a beep, I apologize. Um, That's okay. I don't want to forget to mention in that long list of people that we are so fortunate to have serving in our community, Royce, Ross Slater is one of my people that I turn to for advice and especially doctrinal questions I have along with you. And so uh, he served on the school board, which really comforted me because I have so much respect for his wisdom. And, and I apologize that I left Ross off the list. I was just kind of going off the yeah. top of my head, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Ross served there and Ross is a, is a, is a friend of mine and, and, uh, and he's also been a great support for me personally as well. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. And, so, and, and, I, and Leslie. And I didn't mean to make that like you forgot him. I just was surprised at how many. I mean, that was a long list, and I was listening for his name because that's who I know. But um, 
but and and he he had he has a position of honor in my kids' lives too. So I didn't want to, you know, I'm just I'm just I'm just <laughs> listening for his name. There. Yeah, and I, and I want to share I want to share this. Yeah. You know, uh, I gave a talk a few months back, or maybe last year. I don't remember. To the uh, Smith County Historical Society to talk about the history of Jews of East Texas. And we've had uh, members of my congregation there. Two of them have served as mayors of Tyler. Yes. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Nazareth and Norman Stoffman. We've had John Regan on city council. So again, this, this notion of kind of uh, civic engagement by our community is, is very welcomed in the community. And it has been for a long time, both in the, the merchant and business sector, in the medical sector, in the academic mm-hmm. sector, oh, yeah. and in the, and in the government sector as well. So I, I know people are a little weirded out by it, but it's, it's a shoulder shrug to me because I, I, I know that people of great faith have served in public office very effectively. Well, one thing that's been interesting to me is this in this course of some of the discussion is the idea that the separation of church and state has evolved so much since I was a kid. When we were taught about that in school, we were taught, I mean, of course, this was the 19, early 1960s when I was in elementary school, but we were taught that separation of church and state was to preserve Americans' freedom to religious uh worship as they chose to while still being active citizens. To me, this idea that somehow we leave our religion behind us when we walk into any kind of service, I mean, it's our culture is just becoming more secularized all the time. And so that is of some concern to me. In preparing for today's show, I went back and I looked up some of the terms in the Old Testament that I find interesting, and because I know you're an Old Testament scholar, I didn't want to miss a chance to bring them up for you. One of the biggest surprises for me was when I looked up judge, the word judge, it, it kind of clarified for me that a judge is in the Old Testament was more of a military leader, almost like a general. Am I correct? Is that is that how you see it, too? Right. So, I mean, there are, like, judicial judges. There's, there's that kind of judge, but Right, but in the book of Judges, the, the word shofet in Hebrew is, uh, they functioned once the land of uh, Israel was settled, once the Joshua had brought in uh, the tribes into the land. Uh, yes. The, the, the ruling, the, the way that the, the governance at that time, before the monarchy was set up under Dave, Saul and David, before that happened, it was, it was a period of time under this structure called the Judges. And so these were military, political uh, warrior figures, right? So we have Samson and Ehud and Deborah and so forth. Uh, so yeah, so that was the that was the governance model under the Book of Judges was sort of local military political figures. Well, I also looked at gatekeepers and elders because, of course, in the New Testament, I was very familiar with the way the New Testament handles the word elder, and we we also have in addition the word deacon. But in the Old Testament, I wanted to know, what is the root of that? And and one of the earliest uh, references is in Genesis 50. You, you're probably familiar with this. When the Egyptian elders went with Joseph to bury his father. So I thought, I thought that was kind of an interesting reference. I don't think of the Egyptians, especially in the Old Testament accounts, as having dignitaries. Or Of course, I thought of them as having a pharaoh, but... I didn't think of them as having dignitaries that would qualify as elders. Right. So, I mean, I, I, we have always understood it in a, um, um, 
I apologize. I'm trying to think of the right word in 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 a, in a in, a, in context, in a biblical context, right? So, who were the smartest and wisest of that of that encampment, wherever they were, was always yes. the oldest of the generation, the elders. And so, the elders take on that that level of um, leadership simply because they're the the actual oldest elders. Um, so that that's where it comes from for us. So, it, you know, for is for the Egyptians to have elders or the Hebrews to have elders made complete sense in that biblical context. You know what? I think that makes more sense when you look at the the New Testament in the original language. We've been so conditioned in our history and our traditions that we sometimes lose the actual meaning of some of the words. And I well, I, I think that I, I, at least in personal experience, I'm a lot wiser now than I was at 15 or 16. At 60, well, I, I've just experienced a lot of bad stuff that has taught me my lesson the hard way. Well, here's here's a fun fact: the the Hebrew word in the Bible that's used to for elders is called in the plural is the kenim, in, uh-huh. in singular zaken, but it's also in, in Hebrew it's the same word for beard, like oh. you have a beard on your face. So so those with beards is essentially a way to say those who are elders. Uh, wow. So. Which it's, makes just, it, it's just a fun little connection. So It's darling, but it's also a little scary when you think about how many high school boys get beards, and they're so proud of them. <laughs> right. And it also doesn't explain the fact that I just shaved my beard, so uh, now I'm, I'm not one of, but it's okay. How, <laughs> well, and then the other, changing subjects, the other word I looked up, and this one really interested me when I was thinking about this conversation today and what it means to be a citizen and a, a spiritual person and a servant in the community. And that is the word gatekeeper. And so I know we're going to run out of time in this first half of this conversation, but so I don't, I, I want us to come back when we come. I don't think we quite have to go to break yet, but before we go to break, maybe you could give me something brief about the idea of a gatekeeper. Um. I'm pulling up the Hebrew for for the the text. I have it here, but I just want to make sure I get the Hebrew for it correctly. Um, Are you looking in Nehemiah by any chance? I'm just curious if you pull the same reference no. I did. Okay. I'm in uh, um, in in Chronicles. Okay. Um, so we have a- yeah, the word here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is what I thought it was. Sharim. It literally means. Uh, it literally means the. Um, the, the divisions or, or, you know, the protectors of the, the Sharim, the, the Shar, the gate. Um, yes. So not that, not that that's really surprising, uh, but I, I was just making sure that it wasn't some other kind of word. Um, well, translations I, get tricky. I know that. Right. So division of gatekeepers, I mean, I'm not sure how you're using the, the phrase. We don't use it that much in modern Jewish circles. It's not a term that gets thrown around here. We're much more comfortable with, you know, elders and rabbis and that kind of stuff. But gatekeepers is sort of a kind of a little bit outside of our, our vocal range. I mean, it's in the biblical text, but uh, it's understood the biblical text is literally people who just kind of sat by the gate. If you're at a, in a walled city or if you're in, a, in an enclosed area, the people who are the protectors of those inside. I that presume to- is how used, used elsewhere. I'm going to talk, we're going to talk some more about this when we come back, because I think it really matters to have the right words to talk about what it means to be a public servant. And so we're going to talk about that when we come back. We have about a minute to break. Is there anything special you want to just throw out there before we move on? 
do you have a website or a place where you would like for people to find you in 30 seconds or less? Sure. I mean, if, well, if they want to find out uh, more about me as a, as a campaign a political candidate, they can go to Cats for Texas, K-A-T-Z-F-O-R, catsfortexas.com. Um, but like I said, it, it's, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity for us to combine, uh, you know, what we do as community service for uh, here in the community, but just doing it down in Austin. I love it that you're combining servanthood with public service. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. Great. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Chimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. a dynamic woman? Sandra Beck and Linda Crater host Dynamic Women Talk Radio, bringing lively weekly shows in a roundtable format with influential guests from around the globe. This amazing tribe of diverse and accomplished women share their candid views on topics such as reputation, handling rejection, loyalty, what is sexy, overthinking, blended families, and much more. Discussions are joyful with freedom to address topics from various perspectives with candor, respect, and no judgment. These are the conversations you wish you could have with all your family and friends. Dynamic women have lived their lives boldly with unexpected and sometimes undesired turns in the road of life. Yet detours and bumps bring opportunity, personal growth, more authenticity, and a fresh outlook. Join our welcoming tribe of dynamic women each Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, also on iTunes, and more information at dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Celebrating vibrant, charismatic women everywhere. Join the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles. Entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. On Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hi, 
live. We're having a conversation with Neil Katz today, Rabbi Neil Katz, and I just enlisted him to talk about the separation of church and state with me so that I could ask him my questions and and get some clarity on this. And Neil, thank you so much for being on the show. One thank of my you. one of my concerns has been uh, you know, my show goes out and, and I'm hoping to provide tools for all people. It doesn't matter what background or faith they have. I'm not trying to push an agenda that's religious. What I want to do is say, here's my faith. I'm a Christian. This is what I believe. And I want to present it to other people in a way that is compassionate and kind and loving and listening. And so that's really the goal of of much of what I do in my life, but especially on this show, we just want to think about things and talk about things that may be difficult for other people to talk about. But one of my concerns about, because I love history, one of my concerns has been this morph morphing of our values and um, taking this Judeo-Christian heritage and, and idea we have of respecting other people's individual rights and of individuality and their free will to decide how they express their faith. And and that has morphed. And now what we have is people hear this doctrine of separation of church and state. And it's actually not what it originally was in the beginning of American history. It, it's morphed into sort of this secular, secular I can't say it, the secularization. Secular. Thank you. The secularization mm-hmm. of our of our culture and and as a person of faith that concerns me so that's why i brought you on the show i wanted to hear you're doing something so unusual in in my thinking and uh, to be the spiritual person that you are a rabbi a leader in your congregation and also a leader in this community uh, I really cannot think of unity and peace in this in this region that we live in without thinking of your name. Honestly, you you've just well, stood you. for that. Yes, you've stood for that. I mean, it, it's really beautiful the way you've crossed all the man-made segregation lines. It, uh, honestly, I think if there's a line out there anywhere that says only certain people can go on this side of the line, I believe Neil Katz will be the first one with his foot over that line. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm- by the way, you just described my entire political campaign because I'm running as an independent and I'm the only in 150 districts in the entire state of Texas. We, the district six, Tyler and the surrounding area is the only district in the entire state that has an independent on the, on the ballot. Wow. Um, there are, there are eight people running as independents in all of Texas, but seven of them are running for us Congress, but there's only one running for Texas state house and it's right here. So it's just me versus, uh, the, the incumbent, this, this particular election cycle. Uh, but you know, I'm a little contrarian to to people who tell me it can't be done, it shouldn't be done. You're never going to get on the ballot. You're never going to raise more than ten dollars. I mean, it, you know, the more you tell me I can't do something, the more it kind of energizes me to do the exact opposite. Um, but I, I'm kind of led on one level by some maybe contrarian feeling on that side. I, on the other side, I'm, I'm actually more 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 to the point. I'm I'm actually led by. Uh, how great this community is and mm-hmm. how great it can be. Uh, I, I often talk to, tell the story when I, when I do my talks. I say, look, you know, I sat on the, uh, the board of the Hospice of East Texas, and I'm just picking on them. I could pick on any of the groups that I work with. But, you know, I sat on that board for seven years, and I sat there with far-right Republicans and far-left Democrats, and, and at the end of the day, no one cared. 
All no. we did was work together. Yes. All we did was work together to make sure that we had the best hospice care available for our community or the best emergency services for our community or the best mental health access or the best yes. uh, science museum and the best university and on and on and on, right? Um, ultimately, I mean, we like to manufacture all these political divisions. When I entered this campaign, I said to myself, look, if I'm going to spend 12 months of my life um, trying to be that voice of the community uh, because I, I really live inside the community. That's one of my strengths is that uh, I, you know, I know this place. I know these people. Mm -hmm. I, I've sat on their boards. I've talked at 80 of their churches. I teach at UT Tyler, at TJC. I mean, I, I'm an insider to this community uh, and, and I, I don't feel like we have, and I'm not going to spend time talking about uh, the, my, my opponent, but uh, you know, we're, I, that's what I have felt has been lacking is that sort of this is what our community does at its best. And we're actually much more loving and generous than we give ourselves credit for. Uh, well, and so I want to yeah. come back to that idea of gatekeepers that we were talking about beforehand, because I think sure. I think in the New Testament, the word that I would use would be steward. And, and Jesus used that word a lot in his parables. He he used the word the idea that. A steward is a manager or a, a trusted servant. I don't even know if servant is a good word in English anymore, but a trusted manager of the resources that God has assigned to his people. And so the word, when I was looking at the word gatekeeper in the Old Testament, it was talking about protecting the people inside the walls of the city and also protecting the resources and the wealth of the temple in order to serve the people of the temple, you know, of that community. So the right. gatekeep, there were like two ways gatekeeper was used. Of course, I'm looking at it in English, not Hebrew. But um, anyway, I think in the New Testament, maybe the corresponding concept from my point of view, at least, is this idea that a steward is someone who doesn't own the resources, but watches carefully over their uh, distribution and their pre pre uh, pre preservation so that they're there not just for the time that we need them now, but also in the future that our children will inherit the blessing of that kind of um, security and freedom that we've enjoyed. And, and that's how I picture stewardship. In fact, people ask me, you know, are you a capitalist? Or are you a socialist? And I always say, no, I'm a steward. I, I that's, love that's a great answer. I like capitalism because it allows me to have more freedom to steward what I believe God has allowed us to enjoy. The, you know, I, you know me. I just love sharing whatever I can. But um and I think capitalism allows us to do that. If we like right now, I'm just really working so I can give away more <laughs> and I'm free to do that because I live in a capitalistic society. So that allows me to, you know, I, I ask God, I pray more to steward and then I work hard too. But um, anyway, I, I wanted to come back to that gatekeeper mentality. And the reason I did is I wanted to ask you from the going even you know, so far back to go to Ju Ju Jewish or Judeo history. Tell me a little bit about what that means to serve and steward and preserve what the freedom and the resources we have in our culture right now. How is that different than church and state separation? Well, well, let me, I'll come to church and state separation in a minute. I mean, but this notion of stewardship and leadership and um, it is very prominent in, in all religious cultures, but uh, you know, in, in my world, 
the idea of being a steward, which is comes, you know, we've got plenty of biblical text of proof texts, uh, but this notion that we're, we're, we are temporary. I'm yes. here for a short period of time. Nobody knows what their expiration date is. Uh, um, and so because of that, we are forced to prioritize uh, the time that we do have here on earth. And if, and, and the, the push, my religious push, I believe your religious push, right, the push is that with that limited time that we have here on earth, let's make it the holiest place it can be. Let's make it the most uh, unified place it can be. And let's not add to strife. Most so beautiful. To, Just the most peaceful so, and beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and it, it's, I get that it's idealistic, but, uh, and we're combating human nature and we're combating a lot of, uh, you know, forces that we don't control. But ultimately, I think that that's part of religious leadership is to sort of keep that God's eye view and to, to understand that we are uh, temporary. And so the best thing we could do is protect that which has been given to us and make sure that it's intact for the future generations, if not better than. And comfort um, those and, who hurt with places absolutely. like hospice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it, it's uh, it, 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 for me, there's, there's a disconnect, and this actually goes back to the thing we were talking about in the other session about uh, predicate theology. Uh, there is uh, partly what we believe, and then there's partly what we do. And, of course, they should be wedded together. Mm-hmm. But there's a time for prayer, and then there's a time for action. And ultimately, I'm, I'm of the, the hands-on variety of you know, applicable religion. I want to actually be out there, sleeves rolled up, doing the hard work to make sure that people are comforted and so forth. It's fun to give sermons about it, but uh, they have to translate out into action as well. Um, we have, we have and, two minutes. So, I'm going to, sure. I'm going to interrupt you make one statement, then I'm going to turn it to you and let you make a, a, any closing statement you'd like to. One thing Great. I liked about the predicate theology that I thought may have resonate with me, at least in my heart is as a Christian, when I invited Jesus Christ into my heart, now I say his Holy Spirit lives in me. And I thought when I read the predicate theology that you studied, that much of that concept was about demonstrating God's holiness through our lives and the way we live. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, I believe that that's actually the missionhood of what I am as a religious person, that my entire religious construct is basically to um, Bring light where there is darkness, be a voice for sanity where there is insanity, be a voice of uh, contrarian spirit or like a little bit of contrary where everybody's going the wrong way, right? That's sort of the prophetic push as well. So we, we you know, that's actually my, my exact missionhood. So as Christians embrace that idea in their own way, uh, they make our most powerful allies for building holy communities and holy collaboration. I think so I love it. That's why, I, yeah. I think you'd like what, uh, there was a gentleman on the show that wrote Meals for Mars, Ben Shaka, and he said justice is costly sometimes, and I believe that's the kind of thing you're talking about. When you say contrary, what you really mean is you're willing to fight for justice. I'm, I have to close this. I hate it, Neil. Will you come back and let's do one on prayer in the future? I'd love to handle that subject with you. It, and ask, in five seconds, it, the, the idea of justice, justice, shall you pursue? is basically an acknowledgement of of a constant pursuit. It's difficult, but yes. <laughs> Thanks for being with me. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, fellow. Got in key.